Amen. Praise the Lord. So welcome once again to everyone uh, connecting with us in person and online. Praise the Lord. So before I go into my message for today, I want to quickly talk about, about Halloween. Amen. I want to quickly talk about it. Some, parents, some, parents, some mothers are about to go crazy right now. Not in the house, but I mean generally. As you guys know, my name is Tunde Cole, and uh, my nickname is Captain Tunde. I'm the captain. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the leader of this assignment. Now, go, I was... I've been upset about the few things that I've seen in the church, not in our church, in the, in the body of Christ, abuse, molestation, and all kind of things. I've been angry about a, few, a number of things for some time, and while I was away with um, a couple, uh, two other couples, I mean, a kind of family uh, time away last, this week just gone by, you know, I was kind of just venting my, my, my pain about the, the abuse and the ungodliness that I've seen in the church. And uh, it was a good place, it was a safe place for me to speak my heart. And when I got back to my room, I was praying to the Lord, Lord, help me to handle this. I can't just tolerate this injustice. And the Lord said to me, don't take it personal or don't react to it emotionally. He said, but speak the truth, preach the truth and preach it hard. Amen. He said, speak the truth without uh, unapologetically. Amen. Bear this in mind, God called me, human beings don't call me. I'm a servant of God, not a servant of men. Amen. And I thank God for the things he's taught me before I started this church, ensuring that I take responsibility to look after my family, not expecting the church to look after my family. One of the reasons why many pastors will compromise is because they are looking to the church to give them money to look after their family. But that's not the model I saw in the Bible. So when their bills are piling up, they are bound to compromise. Amen. Right, so I won't talk about Halloween, but I just want to touch a few things before I want to lay foundation before I build on that. So on the on the on the premise of the fact that I'm called to preach the truth and I am loyal to God, to Jesus, and not to man, I want to talk about Halloween. Parents, some parents might get crazy about this, but that's fine. Now, bear this in mind: we are children of light. We are the kingdom of light. We are not of darkness. With all, we're not, I was going to say with all due respect, but there's, this, there's no respecting about it. Let me respect God. The truth is this. No Christian should be celebrating Halloween. God bless you for that. I mean, no Christian should be celebrating Halloween. The world can celebrate Halloween, but the believer should not celebrate Halloween. Now, I'm, I'm on the page. I'm on Britannica um, webpage. Let me tell you a few things about Halloween from what I've read here. Now, uh, summary of this is that Halloween is kind of belief that the souls that have departed return, right? And they, they come in ugly form and people dress their kids and you look scary and stuff like that. That is completely anti-Bible. It's, it's not in line with anything in the word of God. And believers, the thing is this, if you are not careful, if you try to conform to the worldly practices in any little way, you open the door for the devil to sweep in and make a mess of you. Now, we're in dangerous times where the devil and his cause are doing everything possible to silence the gospel. This is the time for believers to stand their ground and say, I will not conform to the world in any way, shape, or form. It, if, if, if it is not in line with the Bible, I ain't doing it. Now, not to make your child feel left out of things like that. You can dress your child if, you, if you know, children don't know too much kind of stuff, right? Why don't you dress your own, your own, your own children like you know, what you want them to be? I mean, not what you want them to be. What is God saying about them? Right. So, 
well, if my children want to be a business person, probably they're going to wear suits to school on the day they're wearing, the other kids are wearing Halloween costume. Because I want to focus their attention on where God wants them to be, not what the world wants them to be. So that they don't feel left out like, you know, my friends are in costume. I'm, no, you don't follow them. Don't follow that trend. There's a demonic power in trend. When you try to follow trend, it sucks you and absorbs you into the world. And it's done a lot of damage to a lot of people. And one of the reasons why believers are compromising at, a, at an unprecedented rate than they know. That's why it seems that we are not effective. Do we hate people who practice Halloween, who, who, are, who, who celebrate Halloween? No, we don't. But we, we want to identify and stand by what we know is the truth for us. Amen. We love them, but we don't celebrate. We don't practice the Celts. Now, let me quickly read something to you here. It says, Halloween had its origin in the festival of Samhain among the Celts of the ancient Britain, of ancient Britain and Ireland. On the day corresponding to November 1st on contemporary calendars, the new year was believed to begin. The date was considered the beginning of the winter period, the date which the herds were returned from pasture and land tenures. Uh, during the Samhain festival, the souls of those who had died were believed to return to visit their homes. And those who had died during the year were believed to journey to the, to the other world. Guys, what are we talking about? What, how, does this, how does this glorify Christ or promote the gospel? Amen. There's more I can say but, uh, about Halloween, but time will not permit me. I just want to make it very clear to believers that anymore. If, you are, if you've bought consume. For your, for your kids, for Halloween, please just ensure that they don't knock on my door because I'm going to be running some special services uh, and probably maybe even a sermon. Amen. Uh, please bear this in mind. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. Yes, we should not entertain fear. We should not allow fear or be vessels of fear to scare people. Fear is not as... As, as harmless as it may be, fear is of the devil. If you take your time to go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, you will see the beginning of fear. Fear came in after the fall of man. So believers should not entertain or give room or be vessels of fear. Praise the Lord. The Lord will help our understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Now, let's get into the word for today. So, um, in the past 15 weeks, 14 weeks now, this is the 15th week. I've been talking about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And last week I started talking about the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. And one of the reasons why we need to talk about this is because ignorance about spiritual gifts has led people to abuse or has encouraged abuse in the body of Christ. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12. I'll read verse 1, then I'm going to jump to verse Seven. So, First Corinthians. My English friend will call it One Corinthians. Okay, One Corinthians. First Corinthians. All right. So, let's quickly read this. Now, I'll read carefully here from the New King James Version. So, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. It means I do not want you to lack knowledge. I want you to have understanding. Understand how this works. Understand what this means. Last week, I took my time to explain to people that spiritual gift does not mean people are mature in Christ. Spiritual gift can manifest through anyone to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Spiritual gift 
And okay, let, let me try to dissect it. Let me, let me let me pick the one after the other. Now, when a person gave their life, when we became Christians, what was perfect in us was our spirit. But our soul, which is a combination of how we feel, how we think, has not really changed. Many of you guys know that the way you think has not changed to some extent, even after you were saved. And that's why the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 2, that you should, if we really want to experience a transformation of God in your Christian life, you need to change the way you think, renew your mind. Amen. So what I'm trying to say is this. Spiritual gifts walk through people's spirit. But their mind may still need a lot of adjustment, renewing. Now, when a person who is still working on their mind on one weakness or the other, when such person manifests spiritual gifts, sometimes people think they are mature. You know, sometimes some churches go as far as making such people leaders in the church, which is wrong. Or they give them some responsibilities so I'll give an example. I have kids online, so I've got to be, uh, I, may, I may not be very, very clear how I choose some words, but adults, you know, try to understand it. Now, if somebody is known to be, you know, abusing kids, right, and they give their life to Christ, then all of a sudden, one day, they started prophesying, right? And because they prophesy and the prophesy and the prophecy was very accurate, some people think, you know, well, God, is, God is in this person. But I can tell you, the emotions, the feelings, the way of thinking that makes them to abuse kids, most of the time is still there. So because the person prophesied accurately to bless someone who is just about to go commit suicide, and God just wants to rescue that person, does not mean that you then take this person and expose them to kids where they can continue to abuse kids. You need to work on them, you need to train them, you need to test them, you need to you need to take them through processes to, to, to help them change the way they think. And if they don't want to change, you don't expose them to kids where that, 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 they can, um, that they can hurt the kids. And uh, the same thing happens in churches because I've seen instances where a person who is given to sexual immorality was a lifestyle before they were saved. So they still just go around and, you know, for, fornicate. And one day somebody had, they came across someone who had cancer and the gifts of healings, like I'm um, going to talk about more shortly, manifest through them. So they just prayed for this person, and this person was healed of cancer. Do you know what many pastors do? Because this was, uh, God walked through the person to heal someone of cancer, heal someone of something else. And because I, I have a particular person in mind that I've seen, this guy was, I mean, God was using to heal a lot of people who were having some terrible sickness. But he had a sexual immorality in his life. The pastor carelessly put him in the place of responsibility and he started kind of abusing people in the church that brought a heart to the church and the image of the church. I knew the guy had some issues, but the fact that God has used him to work on something does not mean I should then put him with girls. And he did a lot of nasty things with girls. I get him, which kind of like, you know. So, and this is not one, I mean, I've had several instances, even people who have been to my Bible school as well, you know, I, I see some issues in their life. I see a lot of stuff, but because God has walked through them, they then think, you know what, well, this person is perfect. And people put them in leadership. I know of one that was put as a leader over the youth ministry. And I'm like, you don't do this. Can't you see that even the choice of words, its mannerism shows that he has sexual immorality issues. Don't put him into leadership. 
So what am I trying to say? The manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, I'm going to read them very quickly, the gift of healing, prophecy, and the rest, that operate through people, it is, God is working through their spirit that is perfect. Their mind is not involved. Amen. So God doesn't want us to be ignorant because when people don't understand the difference or how spiritual gifts work, that it works through people's spirit, then we open the doors to abuse and all kind of stuff. Amen. So let's go to verse 7 of four, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Now it says, But the manifestation, the evidence, the, 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 the evidence of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, not the profit of the person through whom God is working. He also profits the person. Okay, let me rephrase that. It's for the benefit of all, including the person. But not, for, not from a standpoint of a selfish advantage for the person speaking. Not that they then look, consider themselves as second in command with God. Or after Jesus, they are the one. Because signs and wonders are happening through them. No. To benefit the person whom God is using is to help them see that the Spirit of God in them is holy and perfect. And God is not, God doesn't show favoritism. And there's many benefits to that. It brings to the person through whom God is working to heal people or to prophesy into people's lives if the person is carefully and well-educated about spiritual gifts. So education is key. People need to understand, need to understand how the word of God works, how God works. Then we will not have all of this abuse. Because if people understand the word of God, they ain't going to be running Halloween services in the church. I don't blame them. They don't know. Amen. You'll be surprised that over 60% of the people in churches today do not know what the gospel is. Because many people were brought to church to receive something from God, to get something, get a job, get a healing, get something. Amen. So verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 12. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit to, uh, through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, descending of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. As he wills. So the same Holy Spirit, if the Spirit of the Lord is one and is not two, it cannot contradict itself. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he said he would not speak of his own authority. He would take of what is Jesus and make it known to us. So when people say things like, the Holy Spirit is telling me that, you know, when people say, please take that carefully because I'm live, so you know, sometimes people pick one line of your sentence, of your, of your sentence, they cut it, and they say, Pastor Tony said this. So when, when some people in the process of prophesying and say things like, the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you to, bring, to give me all the money in your savings so that I can bless you, is a lie. If Jesus would not do that, the Holy Spirit would never do that. So what I'm trying to say is, is the Spirit of the Lord walks in line with the Word of God. And that's why believers, many Christians, are limited in their exposure are limited in their experience of God because they have limited exposure to the Word of God. What I mean is this. 
If a believer does not understand the word of God properly, they can't really differentiate when the devil is deceiving them and when God is speaking to them. So we all need to learn to be acquainted with the Bible, understand it, study it. Let it be our guide, not what the pastor says. Everything I teach you on Sunday, everyone should go back and go check. Oh, this guy, is this a long course? You know, there are many pastors I don't follow today because some of them, they started well, but what they are teaching now does not align with the Bible. And I have to, take a, I have to withdraw from them. And I, I could have been following them and go into the ditch with them. Some of them, we are praying for them, hoping that they will, they will repent and come back to their senses. But pending the time they come back to their senses, should I follow them and lead many other Christians into destruction? No, that shouldn't be. Amen. So what I'm trying to say is this. Regardless of how the, uh, the situation in which the Holy Spirit manifests himself through people, he will not contract the word of God. Never, I don't know where this is coming to my mind, but there's something about kids are online and they want to identify this. Men, listen carefully. Don't allow a, a, don't allow a prophet or a pastor to take your wife into a secluded space all on the name of ministering or trying to impact them with the spirit or something. I have a practice. Every woman who is married, who has come to Transformers Church or come in contact with me, I try my best to ensure that I meet the husband. I don't, it is, it is a, it's a bad practice. Except for marriages that have problems. It's a bad practice that your, a, a man's wife is seeing a pastor, is under the leadership of a pastor, and the man do not investigate and find out if the man is safe, for, um, if his wife is safe around the pastor or the prophet. Because evil demons can come into your marriage, into your home, through wherever your spouse is exposed to. So any man, if you know your wife or your, your, or your wife or, your, or anyone, if you know your spouse is, being, is in coming in contact with any pastor, any prophet, you want to find out who they are and what they teach to protect your home and your marriage. Amen. So gifts of healings, we started talking about last week. And uh, please avail yourself to the message from last week to, uh, to, you know, to see the, or to hear and to watch uh, the foundation that I lead about it. But to remind us, what is the gift of healings? Supernatural manifestation of God through a person to heal people. It's not the natural cause of healing whereby um, someone takes a medication and um, their body heals up with time. No. Uh, and it's not uh, the same thing as receiving your healing by faith, whereby you stand on God's word, like Roman, uh, Matthew chapter 8, where it says that... Um, it took all our infirmities and bore all our sicknesses. You know, you can stand on that word to say, you know what, well, sickness does, does not have a right in my body, does not have a place in my heart, in my body, because Jesus has healed me. He took my infirmities, and he has broken the power of sin over your life. These are the kind of things that I stand on. I used to have bad migraine uh, back in the days. And um, one of the ways I know, I test if the migraine is still there is when I shake my head. If I shake it a little bit and my head comes pounding, then I know the migraine is there. I used to have, before, prior to those times where I do those tests, I try to check. Uh, I'll be having this pounding headache and it's, a, it's, 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 it's terrible. And one day I woke up from bed and because I felt good a little bit and I was going to shake my head and the Holy Spirit asked me, he said, if Jesus took it, why are you looking for it? Friends, that was the end of migraine, migraine in my life. If Jesus took it, why are you looking for it? 
So the Holy Spirit played the word of God to me in Matthew, according to Matthew chapter 8, that he took our infirmity and bore our sicknesses. He played the word of God back to me. I believed it. I thought about it. Well, if Jesus took it, I, I should not be having it. And on holding on to that word, believing it, that was a hand of bad migraine in my life. So that's another way of receiving healing. The Holy Spirit can inspire you. You can stand on the word of God. But these other channels are very different from the gifts of healing. So where you are in a meeting or somebody or you are teaching or you're speaking and somebody is sick and the Holy Spirit inspires you and is speaking word through you. Amen. And every believer to a very much extension desire to operate, to walk in the gift of healings. Now, when I say desire, I mean, there's a lot of sick, sick people out there. I mean, a lot of people are sick out there. And believers should desire. The Bible says we should earnestly covet the best gift. And when it says earnestly covet the best gift, the Bible means that earnestly covet, desire the gift that is in need. Now, open up yourself to be used by God and any gift of the Spirit depending on the need, will manifest through you to be a blessing to the people. Amen. So let's carry on on the gifts of healing. So gift of healing, I repeat, is when the Holy Spirit supernaturally manifests through you and to, through you, heal people. And to jump ahead of myself about the fact about gifts of healings. Now, one fact, bear this in mind. Uh, gifts of healings is usually ministered through speaking the word of God speaking God's word that the Holy Spirit gives you. Excuse me. Jesus said, the word I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. When the word of Jesus is spoken to us, it, gives, it, it produces life. When we, speak the word of G, when we speak the word of God by faith, even by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, we release the power of God. So the power of God is released through his word. Amen. So, Talking about the gift of healings, how it is ministered is through speaking the word, primarily speaking the word of God. If you follow the example of Jesus, you realize that most of the healings that happened through Jesus happened through speaking. He spoke the word. Even casting out demons, he spoke the word. He spoke and those problems were addressed. That tells you to also to some extent that you cannot be careless or casual with your words. Especially when you believe those things that you are saying or when you are feeling them. Because whatever you speak with emotions becomes more real to you. Amen. So we got to be careful how we speak. So I said ministering, uh, ministering uh, gifts of healing, uh, uh, let me use, let me say it how I wrote it in my notes. It is administered by speaking the word or laying on of hands with faith in the finished word of finished works of Christ and not by giving people concussion to drink or special water. So when you go to a place and they give you a part, uh, an anointing oil and they give you a, part, a special water or something or water they prayed for and they say it's a gift of healing, that's not correct. The manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, you know, as the need arises, it walks through people and it heals the people. So, I don't know, you may have received some special water somewhere, prayer water somewhere, and it worked for you and things like that. Glory be to God. God will always try to meet people at the point of their need to help them one way or the other. Are you getting me? And it also depends on how, how demonic forces are, are standing against you. 
I'll tell you more about that one in future, right? But sometimes people have some breakthroughs or healing through um, some things given to them. And some people then hold on to that as a standard, that this is the only way God heals, that is wrong. And some such people will give you those things to drink or things to use. I get to me. Such people, to a very much extent, they think they have the gift of healing. And how they manifest the gift of healing is by giving you something. That's not the gift of healing. So how is this gift of healing administered? It is administered by speaking the word. Laying of hands, even the person laying, on, laying hands on you, what are they speaking over you? What are they speaking over you? Because when someone lay hands on you, they should be laying hands on you by faith that as their hand come in contact with you, that the power of God in their spirit will walk through them through touch to heal. Amen. So people should not just go around just laying hands on people. There's power in laying on of hands, provided the person who is laying hands on you is speaking by faith. See, I, I try to avoid laying on of hands because I've seen so much healing through just speaking the word of God. I mean, I mean, I've ministered healing to a lot of people through just speaking the word of God to them. Amen. Now, in instances where hands should be laid, that should be laid, I lay hands. If there's something about touch, right? But people got to be careful. Amen. So that's one fact you need to know about gift of healings. It's not, gift of healing is not when somebody gives you something to use and then you, you experience healing. No, that's not gift of healing. Somebody has prayed over something and you believe in the prayer they've said on the thing, and that is working for you. So your faith is actually in the prayer somebody said on that thing that you're using. Uh, to some extent, maybe your, pray, your faith is not really in God, because if it's really in God, uh, I'm, I'm saying this cautiously because I know there's a lot of things, miracles have happened in the Christian circle around this, and uh, could make people feel uncomfortable, and I don't want to confuse people. So I may have to... Uh, think of how to dissect this and break this down to you guys uh, during maybe uh, one of my teachings when I'm focusing on healing. But this teaching, I'm focusing on the gifts of healings. Amen. The gifts of healings, the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Ghost to heal people. Amen. So what I'm trying to say there is that sometimes people, their confidence and their faith is in the, the anointing of God in that man's life who prayed on the water on the anointing oil that healed them. In most cases, many people don't believe in God. Because when I come in contact with them, they say, there's this anointing oil that this person gave me. There's this water. That man of God, God is using him. And there's this water is given to people. And everyone who drinks the water, they get healed. But many of such people have not grown to be able to receive their healing from God. And when their child or anyone is sick, what they tend to do is to go bring uh, go, go to go get water. Now, the question is, is if that man dies, somebody said go, for, say, go forbid. If that man dies and they don't, and nobody can give you that water anymore, so what then happens to you? Does that mean that your channel of healing is cut off forever? So, healing is not, is not to be primarily ministered through things. Because those things can be cut off. Okay, what if you're going to you're traveling out of the country and you didn't, you didn't remember to check in the water in your suitcase, uh, the, I don't know, the baggage, what, I don't know what they call it. You know, when you check in your baggage, when you, when you check in your baggage. Now, you didn't remember to, to check in your, 
anointing oil or special water. You have it in your handbag because you believe it has the power of God in it. And at the security, they, they say, you know, that water is not going with you. So does that mean that God cannot heal the person that you want to go and minister the oil or the water to? Friends, we need to mature. We need to grow past things. We need to grow to the point where Jesus, as it says to us, that we should go into word and preach the gospel, raise disciples. We need to grow to the point whereby we speak the word of Christ and sickness and demons obey. Go and read Matthew chapter 8. You see instances, even Jesus, um, uh, you see instances, the healings that Jesus did in Matthew 8 when he spoke the word. And people were healed. And Jesus wants us to function. Want, Jesus came as an example. He came to demonstrate the kind of life we should live and how we should walk in his power. Amen. So believers must learn to grow past the using of things. What if you find yourself in a place whereby you can't come in contact with oil or water? Does that mean that your child who may be sick at that time can't be healed? Let's wake up. Let's grow up. Yes, oil worked for you. Yes, water worked for you at some point. But should that be the final stop in your life? You know, somebody sent me a message on Facebook. I have not had time to reply to them. They said to me, I think they had a miracle around the use of oil, the anointing oil. And they said, one thing they said was that Jesus sent, gave his, uh, his disciples a bottle of oil uh, and uh, oil to use. That's not correct. That is wrong. That is wrong. It's not in the Bible. Jesus did not give. Go back to the book of Acts chapter 1. When Jesus was ascending, did he say he gave oil? Where did he even get the oil from? Even the oil Jesus gave to his disciples, where is it? Do you still have access to it? Guys, let us wake up. You know, culture, tradition, experience may have defined how we relate with God. But we need to grow up. We need to grow. Saints, Christians, we need to grow. Whereby, to a point where we believe the word of God and we speak the word of God and expect authority of God to work in those situations and circumstances in our life. Let's stop depending on things. Amen. So that's one fact. Let me quickly run through the other fact. Fact two. Uh, the manifestation of the gifts of healings does not replace the practice of receiving healing by faith in God's word. What I mean is this. Many times, people receive their healing through a miracle, a miracle meeting or something. And as a result, each time they are sick, they are looking for where there's a healing conference where something is going on somewhere because they want someone to be able to heal them. Some people don't believe, believe that God can heal them except through a person. That's not true. Sickness is not the plan of God for your life. Diseases are not the plan of God for your life. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. We went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God was with him. Amen. The Bible tells us there that sickness and diseases are of the devil. They are of sin, not necessarily the sin you committed, but sin in the world. So sin is not part of the agenda of God for humankind, humanity. No, it's not. I mean, sickness, yeah, sickness is not. Diseases is not. Diseases are not. Amen. I'm rushing a little bit this morning because I want to, I want to finish this today. Amen. So sickness and disease is not the plan of God for your life. Why, why do you think Jesus healed so much? Because sickness and diseases are not plan of God for people. And if you think sickness and disease is part of God's plan for humanity, then why are you going to the doctors? Why are you taking tablets? Sickness is not. Everyone who wants to get well. Forget that nonsense they have told you that God made you sick so that I can teach you a lesson. It's a lie. 
Sickness is from the devil. And God will not work with the devil to teach someone to, to rebuke or chastise his child. It does not make sense. Amen. There's more to it, but I can't go into details this morning. So each believer should learn to hold on to God's word to receive their healing. And sometimes it takes a while for the body to heal. I mean, for that healing to manifest in your body. We need to learn to hold on to God's word. Many of us can grow to the point where by the moment that sickness hits you, you speak the word of God, it leaves. Many of us, we abused our body and sickness came into our body and the devil took advantage of it. So some sicknesses are caused by people's carelessness about their health. And when they stand on God's word, speaking to God, to, to, speaking to speaking the word of God, they also need to change their behavior, their, their lifestyle, so that their body can heal. Because the thing is this, if you keep eating a poisonous food, and it keeps making you sick, and you keep praying for healing, you're just wasting your time. Because each time the word of God kind of heals you, you bring in that problem again to destroy you. Come on, let's wake up. You know cigarettes is killing you, you coughing, you, you, this is going to kill you. And instead of you to trust God for strength to lay that thing aside, you keep going from meetings to meetings to receive healing, and you keep smoking cigarettes, which is killing you. You are undoing the prayer you're saying. Sexual immorality kills mind, it kills people. So people, they know, yeah, God will forgive them. God has forgiven them. And they are practicing all manner of sexual vices. And they wonder why depression, anxiety, fear, and all manner of weird and evil emotion are running through their life. And they are praying, but they don't want to leave the practice. I can tell you, to Jesus come according to the word of God. The Bible says, every sin a man commits, he commits outside the body. But the sin of sexual immorality, name it in any way. Any sexual satisfaction that is beyond the man and the woman in marriage is sexual immorality and it's going to kill you. And it's only a matter of time. No matter how long you just, you think you can get away with it, you're not getting away with anything. You know, you know when people go on, so, you know, people will wait, wait, now, go on. I don't want to tell you to where to go. Because there are celebrities who are, adv- who are advocating sexual immorality in their 20s, their 30s. Some of them are now in their 60s. Go watch what their life has turned to. Some of them are literally demons working in human beings to show you how sexual immorality destroys people's life over a period of time. You may think you're getting away with it in 10 years, for 10 years. Things may seem they're they are good, but it's not true. It's killing you. Why do you think the devil is has so much advertised and promotes sexual immorality today? There's no one practicing sexual immorality that can look me in the face and say they are living a peaceful and a joyful life. It's not possible. It will never be possible. Except the word of God is not true. It will never be possible. Amen. I feel the God is speaking to someone there. Amen. So what I'm trying to say is this. Uh, every believer must grow to the point whereby they, uh, they, they hold on to God's word for their healing. And at the same time, they should take responsibility of how they are working on, I mean, what they are using their body for. Friends, if you watch horror movies, Halloween, right? If you watch horror movies, it will affect how you feel, whether you like it or not. 
It will affect your heart rate. It will affect your peace, the peace of your heart. It will. Some of people will have some kind of nervous-related issue. The problem is not any, the problem is not God. It's not that you are sick. It's what you are feeding your mind with that your body is responding to. Amen. Um, on TikTok, I, I was going to speak to a few parents to get their daughters, teenagers, off TikTok. Every mother hearing me, get your daughter off TikTok. A girl was saying to me a few, a few weeks ago that, you know what, negative stuff, don't jump on, out on out on TikTok. But TikTok is wired and designed to give you the bad content that will destroy you. One of the reasons why we are preaching the gospel truth there. Even me as a pastor, as an adult, I don't, I don't go on TikTok like that. Because when you are least expected, evil content jumps at you. And they are very strategic. The devil is operating through the media to knock you down. It, it puts the thoughts, the images, the immorality in your eyes. Put it at such a time that it is difficult for you to resist. And before you know it, they are sucked into it. I know what I've seen on TikTok with teenage girls. Things that I remember one day when I was trying to clean up, try to train the algorithm, I thought I could, for the church uh, TikTok um, um, account. But when I was coming out of TikTok, I was coming out feeling depressed. I had to go get the word of God in my mind, and I started feeling good again. Because of the, 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 the sheer amount of evil on that social media platform. So any mother or father who wants their daughters to still be sane a little bit, get them off TikTok. Because as adults, we, are still strong, we, are, we, we fight, we wrestle to get this thing out. And you think your child would, don't, would think they are adults, would think they know everything. You think those ones will, will, will be able to resist and fight things off the way you do. Get them off it. My daughter, I'm not, I don't have a daughter yet. She better here before now. Because at, at, um, at 13, my daughter is not having a smartphone. And I mean it. As long as my daughter... <clears throat> my kids are not having a smartphone. They will call me, they will call on phone, they will text because I, I, I want to repeat this. If you are giving a smartphone to your daughter or to your child, bear this in mind. Please listen carefully. This is a phenomenal statement. If you are giving a smartphone to your child, bear this in mind. You are giving the entire world access to him or her, and you are giving him or her access to the entire world. And what does the Bible say about this age? It calls this age an evil age. Satan is the god of this world. There's a problem already about the enticement and the evil that their friends are introducing to them in school. Then you then give them access to the entire world and you don't manage it. And pedophiles and stuff are getting access through those applications to reach them. Why are parents kind of ignorant about the, about the onslaught of the devil on their children, the, the massive and the demonic attack of the devil on their children? Why, why well, when have parents become so careless that they are not paying attention? Satan is here. You know, back in the days was when they killed a child, Herod style, before they are born. Now, it is through the government and the power of the media and wicked people. And they will use every technology possible to get evil into the hands of your child. If we can't kill them instantly, we can kill them gradually. Feed them with content that will make them feel suicidal and depressed and they commit suicide. A child recently committed suicide after, con after consuming a lot of content on, on the, um, I think Instagram and Pinterest. And, you know, the parents are trying to fight off the, 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 the government and the tech giant. But... <laughs> 
they are doing their job. I'm not justifying that. But the thing is that, see, that plus, if, you, if you're a tech person, you understand that no matter how many content moderators they have, they can't see everything. We're talking about platforms that millions of people are using. How many content moderators do you want? How many can you have to moderate all the bad content in this world on those platforms? They can't. So every parent is responsible to fight for the life of their kids. If your child is, comes to TTC and um, is having problems with you regarding social media, send them to me. I will have that conversation. Send them to me. Amen. I can strongly sense in my spirit that God is speaking to parents this morning. Amen. We'll see gift of healing. Guys, we're going to give me extra five minutes. I don't want to come back to this next week. Amen. So, every believer must what? Must grow to be able to hold on to God's word to receive their healing. Manifestation happens, but believers should not live a life dependent on manifestation. What if the person that God wants to use to heal you does not show up? Does that mean you, should, you won't receive your healing? Praise God. God is helping us. Um, this is very shocking. Bear this in mind. Gifts of healings don't heal the vessel manifesting the gift. I repeat. Gift of healing does not heal the vessel manifesting the gift. What I mean is this. If God is walking through me now to heal people, right, and in a meeting, and, you know, there's a, there's a manifestation of God's presence, and I'm laying hands on people or speaking the word, and people are healing, it does not mean that I will be healed. Because he's walking through me to heal other people. And that's why many people, they feel disappointed, discouraged, and they get offended at God because they are feeling sick and God is walking through them to heal other people. The standard way for everyone to receive healing is by faith in God's word. I repeat, the standard way for every believer to receive their healing is by faith in God's word. Because manifestation of gifts of healing is, is, is momentary, is situational. It's on that moment, in that instant, when someone is deeply in need. It's not a lifestyle. And that's why believers should not try to live on the miracles. Because God did not design that we should live on miracles. He designed that we live on his blessing. And the blessing means that he has delivered us from the curse of the law. He has delivered us from the power of Satan. So everything negative, everything evil comes via sin, via the devil. And God, through Christ Jesus, has delivered us. And God wants us to walk in this freedom and liberty. And that should be our lifestyle. We should be walking in peace, not seeking miracles. Amen. There are magicians out there who can do something like a miracle. So if you're always living, looking for miracles, then a magician or a sorcerer can dress up like a pastor or start a church, give it a name. And when they come into that building, what they do is to apply their, um, release their black magic, and people feel dizzy and they think they're under the power of the Holy Ghost on some temporary healing. Friends, I want to remind you, Satan is not a giver of any good thing. If a man is a sorcerer walking, using diabolic things, black magic, and some people seem to be receiving healing, because Satan never gives anything good, they've just made you feel good for that moment. That problem is still there, and it will manifest in another form. It's only a matter of time. Amen. So Christians always looking for miracles will be deceived. Live in the blessing. Live by the word of God. Learn to walk by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, not by miracles. Amen. So bear this in mind. Somebody who manifests the gift of healing does not necessarily, does not necessarily mean that they themselves will be healed. They must learn to receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. They themselves must learn to hold on to God's work and walk by faith. 
Amen. Friends, every Christian, including pastors, prophets, teachers, and bishops, every Christian is first of all a Christian. First of all a Christian who should pray, build relationship with God, read their Bible. The fact that a person has a title in the church does not make them superior to other Christians or not to do the fundamental things. Every pastor, if you have not been reading your Bible, you better take a break from church and go and read your Bible. Do Bible study. Every Christian is a Christian and they practice a standard. Study the word, fellowship with other believers, preach the gospel, build relationship with God. Amen. Another fact. Uh, receiving healing does not automatically nominate you as a candidate for impartation of gift of healings. That's quite long. What I mean is this. Some people, because they've manifested the gift of healings, all of a sudden they believe that, no, I have the special anointing to heal. That's not true. Healing may happen to you more, more, um, uh, more often because you desire it and you understand how the gift of healings work. But that does not make you a, a senior class of Christian or make you become a, someone who's God has specially anointed to heal. That's not correct. Many people have gone into healing ministries because some healing happens through them and they just believe, no, have that anointing. Guys, be careful. And also another fact we should bear in mind is this. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I wrote it down. I'm in a hurry a little bit here. Now, some people, they are sick and they got healed. So I'll put it this way. The fact that you were healed of a sickness or disease does not automatically call you into a ministry of gift of healings. There are two things I said there. The fact that a person was healed of a long-time sickness and disease does not automatically, de- uh, automatically qualify them to be called into a ministry of healings and the gift of healings. Many of such people, they run into a problem because they, they receive healing and they believe that gifts of healings walk through them. So when they go to meetings, because they were healed, they said, the God that healed me is about to walk through me and it's going to heal you. Come, come on. Go and watch most, Christ, most of such Christians. They are never sound spiritually. Which is one of the problems I have with manifestations of the gift of the Spirit. When people don't have understanding. So when the Bible says to not be ignorant, and if I've been teaching this for 15 weeks, it means that this is a crucial topic in the body of Christ. I've seen a man of stuff how the people molested, people used, people abused, because they saw something miraculous. Not knowing that it was just God trying to meet someone at the point of their need at that point in time. And God did not desire a warehouse to walk, to, to walk in miracles. Faith. Live in the supernatural. Believe, believe God. Hold on to his word. God does not honor his miracles above his name. He honors his word above his name. Friends. Praise the Lord. Uh, what else again I want to give to you guys? So the fact that gives of healing. Okay, yeah. So the fact that gifts of healings manifest through you does not immune you to sickness. Aha. So some people, because healings happen through them, they believe they should never be sick. And this is true for many preachers. Many Christians are so disappointed in God, in Christianity, because healing is happening through, through them, but they are not, they fall sick. Some people just think, because healing happens to me, ah, sickness can never attack my body. Sickness will attack your body. You are the one who, should, who will reject it by the word of God. 
sickness, headache. The devil is always looking for opportunity to knock us down, to make us ineffective in our Christian walk. So the devil is always looking for one way to get us down. And if you open the door to him, he's going to visit you with sickness. So don't feel disappointed because one day you feel sick. And you're like, eh, after all the healing that's happened through me, I can't believe this. You better believe it because the devil is still operating in the world. You are the one who will stand your ground to say, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I hold on to your word. I stand my ground against the sickness, this infirmity, because it's not of the Lord. But Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. I cannot have this. Satan, get your hands off my body. I hope that helps. So, another fact is this. Um, a person who is struggling with their health can be used by the Holy Spirit to minister healing to other people. So the fact that you are struggling with sickness does not mean that you should not attempt to pray with someone to receive healing or not believe God that he can manifest the gift of healings through you. Amen. All I'm trying to say is this. Guys, just release yourself to God and God walk through you. Amen. Uh, finally, supernatural healing is freely given and you must not pay for it. If you ever hear that there's a man or woman that God is using mightily in healings and they're asking you to bring money to receive your healing, never pay for it because the work, that, working, that working of healings through them is, not of, is, not, is of God and God does not charge for healing. Amen. Jesus died so that he can freely, to freely give you power over sickness, over darkness, over works of darkness. Amen. So never, never give in to a lie to pay for your healing. You know all those things that people do? They say, go and give this pastor some money, give that prophet some money, give that prophet some money so they can be praying for you for your healing. That's not right. We don't pay people to receive healing. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayers.